Well, when uh, I woke up this morning, I had no idea what we were in for. Uh, coming across the railroad tracks, the gates started to go down and there was a train coming. So the light at the end of that tunnel uh, was indeed an oncoming train. And then when I got across the tracks, I saw all the, all the trucks and I knew that something was afoot. And then Charles went out and talked to the folks and they said, you know what, we're not going to have power this morning. And my response was, well, we're going to have church anyway. It won't be quite the same. We'll use all of uh, Brenda's candles. She'll be surprised when she gets here to arrange the sanctuary to see all her candles out. But I have a feeling that the Holy Spirit has something in store for us this morning. Holy Spirit wants to tell us this morning that we are the children of God. Gospel lesson from, uh, that Bobby read from Luke is a perfect lead-in, I think, to the epistle. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever com committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So I don't often read from the King James Version when I preach, but this morning I felt this tug on my heart to read this particular passage from the King James. It's as if the Holy Spirit was saying to me, and hopefully to you, pay attention to this passage of Scripture this morning because in it I want you to see exactly how important you are to your Father in Heaven. The King James Version has in it this imperative, Behold. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. See, behold means look and see. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we are called the children of God. God wants us to pay attention to this passage of Scripture. 
Because he's telling us what a marvelous love I have for you. That I would call you my children. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously at times. Because the world really has no idea who he is or what he's up to. That's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning of the story. Who knows how we will end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed to us, we're going to see him in his true, pure form. And in seeing him, we will become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, we're staying ready. And we're using the purity of Jesus' life as our example, as a model for us. See, the thing is that everyone who indulges in a sinful life, those folks are living a dangerously lawless existence. Because sin is a major disruption in God's plan and God's order. And we all know, surely we know, that Christ showed up in order to get rid of sin. Because there's no sin in Jesus. Sin's not part of Jesus. No one who lives deeply in Christ makes a practice of sin. Doesn't mean we're perfect just means that we strive not to. And none of those who do practice sin, well, those folks just haven't taken a good look at Christ. They've, they've got him all backward in their thinking. And so what we have to do as the church, as Christians, is we have to not ever let anyone divert our attention from the truth. The message version in verse 8 says, it's the person who acts right who is right. Just as we see it lived out in the righteous Messiah. See, being a child of God should stir up in us, just like it does in John, a sense of wonder, a sense of awe, a sense of amazement. And we should be thinking what a glorious measureless love God has for you and for me. It's such a great love that we as humans can scarcely understand the magnitude of such an amazing love. If, if we were to just stop and give it the reflection that it's due, we would be astonished. We would be amazed. We would be full of wonder at this amazing love of God for us that he calls his children. There's nothing like God's love. God's love fills us with those thoughts of wonder because it is divine in nature. 
It's a love that originates only with God the Father. And it has one purpose. And that is to seek the highest good for each of us. For you and for me. God's love is a love that transforms those who receive it. Not because we're worthy of such a love, but in spite of our unloveliness. God seeks to bring us into his family. And that, my friends, is nothing short of awesome. Awesome. He's bestowed this love on us. In other words, he's lavished his love upon us. It's a free gift from God that can't be earned or bought. It's given freely. And what's more, it can never be withdrawn. that should give all of us tremendous confidence. It's given in such a way that his love actually is imparted to us. What does that mean? It means it becomes a part of us. It's a permanent abiding love that he gives to us as his children. So we aren't just given the title children of God, but we are actually When we exercise the saving faith in Jesus Christ, we are actually transformed into God children, divine progeny, literally children of God in a family relationship that is blood related, that being the blood of Jesus Christ. And so because of this divine love, which transforms us into children of God, Well, the world just doesn't quite understand us. The the child of God is radically different from a child of the world because we have different fathers. Our father is God the father. Children of the world, well, they're children of a lesser being. Many names for this lesser being. One of them is Satan. It's not my opinion. It's biblical truth. Reminds me of a conversation I had this week. I I have a Canadian friend. His name's Walter And I was speaking to him last week. He owns uh, the distributorship for uh, the Markland trains that I'm so fond of. Um, And his his shop that he operates out of is in British Columbia in Canada. His church has been closed since March of last year. And we were discussing the forced closing and and the impounding of Grace Life Church in Alberta, Canada. Maybe you've seen this in the news, probably, depending on what news channel you tune into, you may not have heard a peep about it. But uh, Grace Life Church in Alberta, Canada, and their pastor, a man by the name of Jim Coates, uh, was arrested because he chose to hold church And it defied an unlawful order to shut down worship services indefinitely uh, by the Alberta Health Services 
organization. They literally, in the cover of darkness, erected a fence around the church property to keep churchgoers from gathering. Well, to the government's surprise, more than 2,000 people showed up around the perimeter of that fence and worshipped anyway. Let me tell you, that church doesn't have 2,000 members. They have 150 or so. 2,000 people showed up and worshipped anyway, singing hymns, praising God. As of today, the members of that church meet underground, not literally subterraneously, but they meet, they are an underground church. That is to say, they meet in an undisclosed location. Can, can you imagine an underground church anywhere in Western civilization? And in North America, no less. But it's here, and it's happening, and let me tell you, Grace Life Church is not the only one. And we have to wonder how long before that mindset makes its way across our northern border and influences Christians in this community in such a way. Not to be a naysayer, not to be a pessimist, the world just doesn't understand the children of God because the world did not understand Christ. Does not understand Him even now. If the world is hostile toward you as a Christian, if the world rejects you as a follower of Christ, if the world mocks you as a child of God, you can be assured of two things. One, that behavior should be expected of a world that has this natural animosity towards the things of God. And two, that reaction should be welcome because it's a sure sign that you are, in fact, not of the world. And this is why, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are told to count it all joy. Whatever the world throws at us, whatever reaction we get as children of God moving through a hostile world, we are called to respond as joyful because of this incredible love the Father has bestowed upon us. I'd like to mention a story that Bishop Jones told us. I've probably told it before because it, it was a great story when I first heard it, but I'm going to repeat it. He, he once told the story about how people respond when someone asks them that, that common greeting, how are you? Right? It happens to you every day, I'm sure. How are you? Bishop said that like most of us, he responded to that greeting, I'm fine. We all say it, right? Fine. It's kind of the standard response, isn't it? No matter what kind of hell on earth we're enduring that day, we put on a brave face and we say, I'm fine. And when the truth might be that we're not fine, things may be downright hostile in our circumstances. So things aren't fine at all. And so the bishop tells how he met in the parking lot on his way into his office, uh, a woman and he extended the greeting how are you to which 
he responded, or she extended the greeting, how are you? To which he responded in the usual way, I'm fine, how are you? And the woman says, his response caught him off guard. She says, I'm joyful. And so Bishop Jones says he decided that day he would take that example to heart. And now he responds, I'm joyful to the question, how are you? I'm joyful. We as Christians should make that our standard response. Because even when things aren't fine, even if somebody's erecting a fence around our church, we can still be joyful. Even when the demons are rattling the doors of the church, we can still be joyful. Even when they're installing barriers to keep us out, we can still count it all joy. Why is that? Well, it's because, behold, look and see what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every person that has this hope in him purifies himself even in the same way that he is pure. What an amazing promise from our father to us his children. If we acknowledge the Christ We will see the Christ. And when we see the Christ, we will be like him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.